Hey everybody, this is Mike Van Meter and welcome to the Mike Van Meter Show. And this is your one-stop shop for everything having to do with freedom, liberty, Americanism, and frankly, I think just the way that you ought to live your life. And today I have a special guest and that guest is Steve Maxwell. And Steve has been on the show before, uh, probably about two, three weeks ago. He was on here along with Mike Allers. And I just saw Steve at uh, Mike Allers' kickoff event. Um, Mike is running for the 28th district here in the Virginia State Senate, and uh, Steve was there, and and I was there, and um, I thought, you know, we need to get back together and find out what Steve is up to, because he's got a pretty uh, intense campaign going on for the Spotsylvania County Sheriff here in uh, in Virginia, and so just wanted to see how the, the campaign was going, and with so with that, I just want to welcome Steve. Steve, welcome to the show. Mike, thank you. It's glad to be back. Always glad to spend some time with you. Uh no matter what venue we're at. So uh, <laughs> it, it was, it was a, it was a great uh, venue for Mike and a, and a great kickoff for him. And I was just excited to be a part of it. And um, I'm excited for this coming year and, and uh, your run for the Virginia Senate um, and getting to share that with you as well. Yeah, it's going to be uh, a good time. I I want to say a good time. It's going to be an intense time. Yeah. That's, that's for <laughs> sure. I think for all of us. <laughs> And, exactly. um, you know, and, and it is, it is for Mike as well. And, and in, in your case, you know, you're running for the sheriff, um, you know, kind of, the, it's a political office and a lot of people, um, uh, Steve, you know, I, when I go around and I talk to people, if you're not familiar with the law enforcement world, there's a lot of, uh, Americans, I think that don't understand really what the office of the sheriff is in the fact that it's an elected position. It's a very different sort of animal than the state police or the local police or the FBI. And uh, it's a very powerful office. It really is because... Yes, yes, it is. You know, it's one of those things where you answer to the people. And and so for those that maybe aren't really familiar about law enforcement, what's kind of like some of the unique characteristics about the office of the sheriff? Well, the uh, I started my career with a sheriff's department. I was just 19 years old when I started my law enforcement career. And, uh, you know, I discovered the authority that a sheriff has. Uh, now, it varies, of course, state to state. But for the most part, in most of the uh, country, a sheriff is the ultimate uh, law enforcement authority within his county. And those things vary as far as, you know, they're in charge of uh, the jails of, of a county um, and the serving of court documents and papers. They're also uh, charged with um, enforcing the laws, criminal laws that are uh, within the state in their counties. Um, but more than than that to me as well is a sheriff is is because it is an elected position they're charged with protecting the citizens from from uh government overreach i think the citizens look to the sheriff and the office of sheriff to kind of protect them from uh the the government themselves sometimes uh a lot of times you'll see and it's a story maybe i'll relate to you later in the podcast uh you know, being the history buff that you and I both are, um, was, was a very interesting story about uh, the JFK assassination. But um, so it, the sheriff's office has a very important role when it comes to that. 
Um, so uh, it, it's elected position. So by nature, it's political. But I personally don't believe uh, in politics. Uh, you know, be, you know, I'm not a politician running for that office, office obviously. But um, to also have that office, uh, it's it's as political office. You're not in and bringing any new laws, unlike you know Senate that you're running or Mike Allers is running in. You'll be creating new laws where the elected sheriff is enforcing those laws that are created. But I think it's a unique ability to be able to work together with legislatures as a sheriff to say, here's the laws that we see on a daily basis that, um, I, for lack of a better term, you know, working within the community, um, we see that the community um, is adhering to these laws, or maybe we need a little help. This law doesn't go quite uh, far enough, or maybe it goes too far. Um, as So I see it as also a sounding board for the elected legislatures as well. So I see, you know, working as a sheriff, working hand in hand with legislatures, it gives us an opportunity to be able to do that. And that's, you know, some of the uh, reasons why I'm excited to, you know, to, to have this opportunity to run um, at the same time you and Mike Allers are. Yeah, and we're in a time now where this idea of government overreach is, is something that is really in the, the forefront right now, and it's not really something that, I'll be honest with you, in my entire career, never put a whole lot of thought into, but in the last few years, there's a lot of thought that's put into it. And, you know, along with that, when you go around and, and you talk to people in, in Spotsylvania County about this, what... And, and you talk to them about the issues. What yes. right now, as far as the, the, is it the office of the sheriff is related, what are the big issues that you're hearing? What's on the minds of, of people right now as you go around and talk to them? Um, and that's a, a great question because I don't get asked that a lot. I and mean, you would think I would, but um, when I'm speaking with people around the county, they're very concerned with these this, this government overreach whether it's federal government, state government. Um, I hear a lot, we are a, a, a more conservative county. So I do get people asking about um, the quote unquote red flag laws. And I, um, I think we spoke a little bit about those in our last podcast uh, discussion, um, you know, that deals with uh, a judge signing an, signing an order for, uh, law enforcement to come into someone's home and, and uh, take their guns and so forth. So I have people asking me about that. I have people also the concern of the drug and the overdose epidemic that we have in our county and, yeah. and you see across the U.S. Um, and, and also with the open borders and the people that we don't know who are coming across in our into our country and where they go. Now, you and I have a federal background um, in law enforcement, and we know that the people that don't want to be found, they have a tendency to want to go to these more rural counties where there's less likelihood of them to be found because there's typically less resources and so forth, um, less people to pay attention uh, to uh them and and maybe some of the acts that they're going so i am having 
people asking about that as well. Um, but more than more than any other, it, it is it's, uh, and I agree with you. I haven't been asked that question so much in all my career uh, as we are now dealing with uh, government overreach per se. And the sheriff uh, does have that ability to be able to protect its citizens from that to a large degree. Yeah, and I would say the the probably the one that jumps to the mind the most is really just COVID and, and COVID restrictions. Or, or is that still an issue for people? Are they talking about that? Or what are their feelings about how this, you know, the lockdowns and shutting down the businesses and just really just disrupting, disrupting the daily life of everyone. Are they still talking about that? You know, I, I, I do get people just because of, of we had a local business here um, that suffered through the COVID lockdowns and, and uh, didn't actually participate in them, if you will. And because of that, they were served a, a search warrant by the local ABC board uh, the alcohol uh, board here in Virginia, they were served a warrant um, to go in and uh, the state agents and state police officers showed up and uh, confiscated all of their uh, liquor and their beer. And, and this is a business that um, predominantly the way they make their living is in a bar type atmosphere, um, you know, with the small margins in the restaurant business, a lot of uh, restaurants and bars, they, they make more of their profit margins when it comes to selling drinks, right, in retail. Mm -hmm. and, and so the state boards know that and understand that. They didn't come after this local business owner with his food license. They tried at one time, but he was found in court that it was unjust, and so they, they couldn't take his uh, health license or food license from the restaurant, but they were able to take away um, his liquor license, which when they do that, it basically um, takes away his livelihood. So he he didn't choose to comply. He feel, felt it was an unjust search. And it's had the people in Spotsylvania uh, very, it's become a very divisive issue. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and it's pitted uh, people against each other and on social media, you see it and local politicians and state politicians are getting involved and it's um, becoming quite a trend. But um, I do see the citizens in our county paying more attention to something that happened two years ago and is just now, you know, legislation, and, and I'm sure it's happening not just in Spotsylvania, but in other parts of the country that, you know, it takes time to work its way through courts, but is just now coming to light and people are seeing, you know, we're getting all of these studies now that are showing, you know, how bad the lockdowns were and the negative effects from yeah. the things that our uh, federal and state politicians um, demanded of us. And, so you're starting to see more and more people stand up for that. And we're seeing that a lot here in Spotsylvania. Well, and I, it, ironically, I just did a show on that very issue, talking about mental health uh, issues with young people, teenagers in particular. 
how the lockdowns negatively impacted them. It's it's been devastating. The yes. it really seems like the solution to COVID was worse than COVID itself. <laughs> you know, it really yeah. was. Now, but the particular case that you're talking about, my understanding is that that search warrant was carried out in the last couple of weeks. And I'm a bit confused, and maybe you can enlighten us on this. Um, you know, COVID, uh, we've been told that we're, we're past COVID, at least uh, the acute part of it. So we're kind of on right. the downswing. And this was something that was litigated, this particular restaurant that you're talking about, a uh, year and a half, two years ago, uh, maybe about a year and a half ago. But yeah. yet this search warrant yeah. that you're talking about just happened. Um, I'm kind of trying to wrap my head around that. Why Why is something like that being carried out now? Well, uh, you know, everybody has their theories about that, Mike, and your background in federal law enforcement, mm-hmm. my background in federal and local law enforcement, you know, we both know the powers of, of a search warrant and, and the legal issues that a search warrant has. And, and I did a uh, community talk. I do these monthly community talks on my Facebook and on mm-hmm. the uh, Elect Maxwell Sheriff Facebook page. And I did one, uh, one uh, month that was... Uh, uh, specifically talked about search warrants and the benefit to the public about search warrants. Because you and I know that, you know, uh, getting a search warrant versus just getting someone's approval to come and search their premises and possibly take evidence that you might need for further uh, legal issues down the road, it's always better, always and from our behalf, from a law enforcement standpoint, to get a search warrant. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it keeps everybody honest that way. Um, so I, but when it came to this particular search warrant, the ABC board, the alcohol board, you know, it was legislated that this particular business um, and the name of the business was Gormelts um, here in Spotsylvania, the owner being Matt Strickland and his wife, Maria. But um, it was legislated that the restriction they were under was not legal, so they didn't have to do that. But when they were going through that process, their uh, health license was restricted, which at the same time in Virginia, when that happens, then your liquor license as a restaurant is also um, suspended. Well, even though it was legislated that it was an illegal mandate for him and illegal. The court sided with him and his legal team on mm-hmm. the health uh, license issue. And so he was able to stay open as a business and sell food. But in the meantime, he continued when he was under that suspension of his liquor license, continued to sell liquor. So the state liquor board um, is going after him saying, we don't care what in essence, what the court said about your food license or your health license, we told you you couldn't sell liquor, so therefore you shouldn't have been selling liquor during that time. So we're going to come after uh, you for proceedings for that. And when they did that, they got a search warrant to say, aha, you're, see, we you have liquor, you aren't supposed to have it. And they went after his point of sale materials to, so they can show that he was selling liquor during that. Now, the, the thing about that is he voluntarily disclosed to them that, yes, while I was under a suspension of my liquor license, I admit to you, I sold liquor. So they didn't need to actually take the, the point of sale materials or even go after the records of it. Right. He admitted to that. So 
Um, it's just, you know, some people believe this is a political thing, um, mm -hmm. that because he's made it very public and, uh, and outing some of the, the meetings he's had and so forth, but he's made it a very public statement. Um, the liquor control board is made up mostly of Democrats. He's also running for a state office as mm -hmm. a Republican. Yep. Um, so, you know, some can argue the point that it was pure political. Some can argue, hey, look, it's, you know, you should have followed the mandate along with the rest of us or the other restaurants. If you'd have done that by now, you'd be open. You know, so there's a lot of back and forth in the community to that. Um, I will mention to you that I watched because uh, the owner um, videoed the entire search warrant process, right? And so for me as a law enforcement guy and a lifelong career, and you, I believe you and I've had a conversation as well about this mm -hmm. in your career, Yep. as a federal agency or a state agency, when you go to serve any type of warrant, it could be an arrest warrant, it could be a, a uh, search warrant. Now, as a law enforcement entity, you don't, if I go as a federal agent and, and get a magistrate to sign uh, my warrant, I can go serve that warrant. I don't need another agency to do that. We have the authority to do those things. But the benefit of going to a local agency, in this case, would have been the Sheriff's Department, the Spotsylvania County Sheriff's Department, and saying, we have this search warrant. It's going to be high profile. There may be tempers flare because it's, you know, we're going to remove this man's livelihood. So, you know, the benefit of that is the local agencies more than likely know the people involved. And so the chances are they have a better opportunity than I would or a state agency or a federal agency of de-escalating any heightened senses of emotion or things that may happen. And, you know, as well, you and I know that, you know, bad things can happen when emotions get brought up, right? So here's an opportunity. If you're a good uh, sheriff, you want to, to reduce that. And so you usually have that local agency there for support, if nothing else, not serving the warrant, but maybe there for for safety of both the officers and the public. Mm -hmm. And I, as a sheriff, also, because this government overreach is, is a thing that we hear about more than we used to, but also sometimes, you know, it's better to have another set of eyes there. I have gone and I've helped other agencies with warrants, search warrants, and in the zeal of um, searching or the zeal of serving that warrant in a particular thing. Maybe somebody's looking in a closet or somewhere where it's not specified on the warrant that they're allowed to do. So sometimes having another set of eyes to say, hey, that's not someplace we're allowed to go search. If you want to do that, then you and I, we know that you then go before the magistrate and show probable cause to as to why you need to further the search. So it's the ability to, again, constrain, if you will, I believe, the, the uh, agency that's serving that warrant when they may have a tendency to overreach right. when looking for evidence. So there's many, many reasons 
that I would think a local sheriff's office would want to participate in that search. Well, this particular case, our sheriff's department chose not to do that. Um, they chose not even to go and have a perimeter type of security to protect the officers or the people. Um, you know, from you know, as as a agent, when you're serving a warrant, you kind of want to keep your scene as sterile as possible, right? <laughs> so. Um, you know, you, you want to set up some type of security to prevent people from going all over the places you want to search. So you can do it as quickly and unobtrusively, unintrusively as you can. I mean, we all we know that when you serve a search warrant, especially on a business, you want to do it where it costs the least for that business owner and spend less time doing that so they can go about their business again. Um, at least we should, if you care about what you do, that's what we should be doing. So those, those, that's a subject in this county because our, that sheriff didn't participate in it, um, that I get asked that a lot. And so therefore people are asking me, well, the sheriff didn't have anything to do with it. It was a state issue. Right. Well, that's correct. He didn't have, he didn't have anything to do with that, but he chose not to go and send anyone to ensure safety of, of people, safety of officers, or again, to be looked at as the person who can possibly de-escalate emotions if that, if need be, because right. again, the state, the state agents that go there don't know these people. They don't, they just hear that, Hey, this guy served in the military because Matt served in the military mm -hmm. and they're, they're thinking, well, it could get heated. So their emotions are heightened. Right. And so, you know, they just needed to be uh, the adult in the room, if you will. And we just didn't have that from our local agency. Yeah. And it seemed to me like and, and I watched the video as well. And I had the same question because, you know, I like you, I've done many, many search warrants. Many, and yeah. Uh, yeah, I know in the FBI, when we went into let, let's say this was an FBI case and I was working it and we we went there, we would always ask for the the local authorities to be there for, for security. You want uniforms because, you know, in the, in the FBI, uh, you're not uniformed. So, it you know, when you walk in, it, are they being robbed or they, they you know, that way right. they, they know that it's yes. law enforcement. Right. Yeah. And. And, um, safety. Yeah, and and the thing is, if you're going to have an arrest uh, at a location like that, it's going to be generally for disorderly conduct or assault on the officers. And what I thought was kind of curious about this was the the state police were there, but the local police were not. And and in Virginia, um, really, that sort of a when you, the, the sort of violation that you would expect to occur is more in the realm of the sheriff's office as opposed to the state police. So I thought that was a little uh, curious. And by the way, I want to make it very clear, and I know you feel the same way, Steve. All the officers that were there, um, uh, Steve and I, we don't blame you for that. We, we've been in that situation. No. And, and for no. the public, for the public that doesn't, is not in this business, it, this is the way that this works, right? You have an agency that comes in with a, a warrant, and they're executing the warrant. Now, they, they understand what the, and in this case, it's ABC, right? So uh, they're going in and they understand what the warrant's all about. They have the background. Then what you do is you call in for people to assist you in the uh, warrant. And oftentimes, and I've, as a local police officer, and I know Steve, you're the same way, routinely, I would get called to go, hey, show up at this location, the DEA or the FBI or whoever, whoever's doing the search warrant, um, they just need assistance. Go there. And you literally show up 
you have no idea what the warrant is, what it's for. You're just there to be the uniform and make sure things don't break bad. And so for uh, any officers that were present at that location and um, you were part of that, I get that. You had nothing. The, The issue is not with you is an officer because you're just doing your job. You're likely were just having your your day patrolling and then you were called by somebody who said, hey, show up at this location. They're executing a search warrant. And we understand that. There's another issue going on and it's with the state. There's something going on with the state. Now it's contentious and there's people on both sides of the the issue. Uh, I understand why, you know, Matt, you know, Matt's logic was, hey, this is unconstitutional. The whole thing was unconstitutional. That's Matt's contention. And and I'm yes. not going to comply with this unconstitutional edict. Completely understand that. And we can go back and forth whether he should have complied or, or not, but he decided not to comply. Now, I will tell you, and I'll just, as, and, I'll, and I'll kick it back over to you, Steve. Uh, I'm running for the, the Virginia State Senate. And I can tell you right now, that one of the things that I'm going to be looking at as a Virginia state senator is how the public was treated, everybody was treated during that time frame. Because I don't think that somebody like Matt or anyone else should have lost money. I don't think they should have ever been shut down. That's my contention. And um, I would I will work legislatively to make sure that there are no penalties for people like Matt and others. And furthermore, I'm going to go back and look at any state employees that were fired because they refused to get the COVID vaccine, and I'm going to push to have them come back um, with back pay, even, because I don't think we should have ever, and if you listen to this podcast, you know, I don't think we should have ever shut our economy down the way that it was done, but that's another matter. So right now, the issue is, should he have complied during that time or not? Matt chose not to, but what's curious to me is that now, only now are they going back and deciding to enforce that. And I, for me, uh, the fact that the sheriff's office was not there um, is a leadership issue on the part of the current sheriff. I mean, that's just how I see it. Is that is that how you see it, Steve? Yeah, I do. It, it, it shows a lack, um, and, and I'm not going to say lack of uh, courage on his part because uh, it shows pure political move in my opinion yeah it was more Um, political than a leadership issue yeah right it shows me that here's a guy who doesn't want anything to do now prior to this there is a backstory prior to this warrant matt the owner of that restaurant has had personal conversations with the, the local sheriff with the sheriff in spotsylvania who had has flat out told him look if I get a warrant signed by anyone, I'm coming out and I'm doing these things and we're going to enforce it and we're going to do those things. Well, he had a signed warrant, but he chose not to even show up, not even for the benefit of that restaurant and local business owner. Just, I'm just not going to, we're just not going to participate in my opinion. And again, I'm like you, I've served many, many warrants, both federally state and when I had as a local jurisdiction, when I worked at a sheriff's department, you know, as chief of narcotics, you know, there's probably no other department within an agency that serves more search warrants than a narcotics unit. So as chief of narcotics, I was serving a lot of warrants and search warrants in my day. Um, I found it unheard of that you would, as a state agency, going in to serve a warrant into a local jurisdiction that you would not send anyone 
to help in that uh, service. So I do find that by refusing to do that, I see that as a political statement, um, you know, not a reflection on the sheriff's department staff overall, but the sheriff himself making that political statement to say, we're just not going to show up. Um, and that, which leads me to wonder, was the, the whole serving of that search warrant political? Um, you know, those are, those are the things that make you warm because I have, I've had people also asking me, Mike, well, the sheriff, how would he have even known they were doing that? Now you and I both know. Oh, there's no way he didn't know about it. There's no way. There's no way. No way. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. uh, In fact, uh, let me just say this. Uh, If I were the sheriff and and a high, well, a warrant like that, particularly knowing that it was going to be as contentious as it was, if, if an agency came into my jurisdiction and didn't tell me about it, I'd be pissed. Yes, we, we'd be and, having and a constructive conversation. So. Uh, right. who, whoever the the alcohol, you know, the ABC folks or the state police, whoever, if they did not tell me if, or tell representatives of my agency, I'd be pissed, and we'd have a right. conversation about that. And rightly so. And you have the total authority because I get I'm getting people all you know uh, um, who uh, are supporting the sheriff in this, in his political campaign or saying, well, he, he has nothing to do with that. He has no authority. The state police have ultimate jurisdiction in the, in the state. Well, they do. State police has authority in the state, but that sheriff has ultimate jurisdiction within his County. Um, and, and I, I told you, I thought maybe now's a good time to share this little bit of history about JFK. But when JFK was assassinated, I'm sure you're familiar with this. But when JFK was assassinated, the county coroner and the county sheriff, they they had an investigation, right? There was a murder conducted in their county, and they had ultimate jurisdiction uh, over that at that point. Well, the county coroner needed to conduct his investigation of the body, of JFK's body, and the Secret Service were, was in a hurry to remove that body and take him back to D.C. Well, in the hospital, there was a standoff between the local uh, sheriff's department and the secret service at that point over that, that JFK's body and which at that point is evidence, right? Um, so there was a, an actual standoff it, and it took cooler heads to prevail to allow that to happen. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, the sheriff's department was within their authority and rights to retain that evidence and in, in that body in their jurisdiction. Um, and the federal agents, the secret service that were, was there, um, you know, if, when push comes to shove, that sheriff could have enforced that authority, just like here, the, the sheriff's department could have been there if, if they were conduct doing things that weren't within the purview of that warrant. They sh- those deputies and that sheriff had every could have had every right to uh, you know intervene at that point. So there are things that can happen and, and mm-hmm. gives that sheriff a lot of authority and to do because ultimately the only person that that sheriff's answering to is going to be the voters, the people. Right, and so, and that that's to me, to me that sounds like. A, a political move. It had to be because, yes. uh, you know, you yes. think about, I, I know when I heard about this, my very first thought was, why are they doing that now? I mean, we have right. a new governor. 
Governor Yunkin, who has made it clear that he does not support, he does does not support the mandates that that were enforced during that time, right? Yes. And the the general public, when you go around and you talk to the public, and I know you do, the the consensus I get from everyone is we should have never shut down, and we we should never do that again. So now you, here you have in Correct. December of 22, 2022, you have this guy. Uh, having the search warrant um on over the mandate the past mandate and it was uh, really at this point ancient history and now you're enforcing it and i don't think that your average person on the street in Pennsylvania, uh, Spotsylvania county would support it i don't think they would be okay with that they're like why are you bothering this guy just move on move on from yeah. this guy he's just a business owner trying to do uh you know trying to you know support his family why are you screwing with this guy and it, and it looks bad. And so you, now you have an election coming up for the, the sheriff's office. He's running against you. And to me, it was like, look, I, you know, I want no part of this. This does not look good. The public doesn't support it. And this does appear to be a government overreach. And I don't want to go near it. And so to me, again, it looks like a political move on his part. And really, yes. if anybody's for, anybody from the governor's office um, is listening to the show, I, I really think that there needs to be attention given to this case and really, um, you know, bring it to the forefront and use this as a case of where are we going to go as, as people? Because you can argue that Matt should have complied during that time. And I get that and I understand that argument. But the man felt strong enough that it was like, no, you've overstepped your authority. And, and it sounds like the courts actually ruled in his favor. So that's where we are today. And I don't right. understand why the governor's office is not. Um, well, I'm assuming right now. I don't. I don't know what's going on in the governor's office, but uh, I would like to see the governor's office get involved in this. I, I would too, Mike. And, it, and it's you know, and, and for your listeners as well who aren't familiar, you know, in the backstory, you know, we had a congressional run in 2022 in our district, a U.S. congressional run, and Matt's business, that same business played host to a campaign rally for that congressional person who was running and the governor was actually there. And this was just prior to the election in November, the beginning of November. So, you know, you're talking within five, six weeks. And so the ABC board contends that during that period, Matt was in violation of the law and violation of ABC rules, but yet the governor still showed up at his business for a political rally and saw nothing wrong with it, participated in it, helped uh, mention his business and so forth. So again, if the governor thought that was okay, and here's where I think people have a huge issue with it. If Governor Yunkin thought that was okay to do that then, why are they going back and bothering this man's business now and stopping his business, keeping his employees from working and so on and so forth? So that's where uh, I believe people are, are have their confusion and, and voicing their opinions and, and, you know, doing the things that, you know, as Americans, we have every right to do. And so that's where we are today with it. Um, and we'll see how, politically how you know it 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 shakes out but um you know the one thing i'll say is you know matt is in his business and his wife are 
they believe so passionately about what they do that they, uh, you know, they've drawn a line in the sand and taken that stand publicly and, uh, you know, drawing a lot of support about it. Yeah. And I've, I've met Matt and his wife and they're, they're great people and, Yes. It's an unfortunate situation, and I know that tempers were flaring that day and things that were said. If you go back and you look at the video, and um, yeah, look, I, I just, from my vantage point, and I'll get your take on it, and then we can talk about some other things as well. But, sure. um, you know, th- people say things uh, in the heat of the moment. I, I know this was a, a big surprise for him. It was a big surprise for everyone. And... Um, you know, I think most of us understand, you know, I certainly understand that the officers that were on the scene, they are not, they are not the people that are responsible for this. They're the ones that are carrying out the orders and uh, they should be treated with respect. And I, I want to be very, very clear about that. But I also do understand, Absolutely. like I've done enough search warrants too. People get, uh, and I've had people, I've had people get very angry with me on the scenes of, of search warrants only to later come back and say, hey, look. You know, I know you were just doing your your job, and um, the the politics, the uh, all the things that go on behind the scenes in these particular warrants. The unless the case agent or the case officer or the case detective was on the scene, um, that person may have background. You may want to have a, a conversation with them, but all of the other people are just there for security, and right. uh, and we respect right. those people and we respect the officers and. Um, it looked like a very uncomfortable situation, but that's the reality behind the scenes. You know, your your state trooper, there was a state trooper that was there. There were some other officers. These people have nothing to do. The issues that you and I have with with what's going on with the state right now, these people are not involved in that. No, and, no. And you were right, Mike. You know, again, we have been in that scenario. I have been the deputy that's or the police officer in my cruiser on the road when I get called in by the first sergeant or the lieutenant and saying, Hey, these agents are here. They have a warrant for that. I need you to go out and help them with the warrant. Just help them with whatever they need. Not knowing the background, they don't know. They may not have known. Hey, look, this is an illegal thing. It's not, Hey, it's unconstitutional. Well, they, they don't know that they're there doing what they've been told to do. And, and, you know, it brings up the same case, you know, when, you know, Mar-a-Lago was searched, right, for President Trump and and the warrant that was served on him. And people say, well, those agents that did that, you know, they should have resigned or they should have not done that. You know, most of them, you know, now some of them were brought in, as you know, you're the FBI guy, but, you know, they get brought in from the Washington headquarters. But, you know, a lot of them that served there were probably right station from down in, in the Miami. Office oh, the vast majority whatever. are from the local office and, so, and they have yeah, no yeah, idea. They have no idea what's going yeah. on. You're, no. I mean, I, I, for those that are not in law enforcement, I'm, I'm, I'm literally, I'm telling you, it is very possible that the state trooper that you saw in that video was literally on the road enforcing traffic out traffic, on the highway right. and was, right. Hey, uh, in 10 minutes, I need you to go over here. I mean, that's right. folks, that's the reality of how it works. And, and yes. even in the FBI, routinely, I'd walk in the office, think I've got my day planned out. And the, the supervisor calls me and, hey, listen, uh, um, you know, the, the DEA is doing this or Postal Inspection Service needs, you know, needs you to go show up at this location and, and back them up. And you're like, for what? Well, they'll just tell you about it when you get there. I mean, that's right. that's 
folks, that's it's not the movies, okay? That's how no, no. it works. <laughs> and, <laughs> it and, just does. You know, when, when people say, well, you know, they, they should have refused to go participate in that. Well, if you take the time or you had the time that, that you researched the case, but that's not it. You don't, you're not the guy that's working the case, so you don't know the background. Now, the case agent, maybe he knew what he was doing was a was unconstitutional or doing but he was doing it anyway if he's but that that state trooper or that officer or that agent that goes there to that that's being told hey go here and do that they've not had time to do any research it's like when i was in the military you know when you're when you're given a lawful order you know again you have to follow it but uh military uh rules of of justice tell you you do not have to follow an unlawful order and un, or an unethical when it comes to hey that's going you know i'm not going to take a life um being ordered to take a life when i know that's illegal or wrong to, thing to do we have that same ethics in law enforcement right if i know that what you're asking me to do is illegal or unethical i'm not i'm not bound to follow that i refuse to do that but those officers more than likely didn't have the time nor to know what was going on in the background of that. They're just there to keep the peace and to, to yeah. serve a warrant that we are charged to do every single day. Right. And you got to understand, too, they and, and when it comes to going back and doing research, no, nobody does that. I mean, no one, you know, no. listen, but most people don't understand your average law enforcement officer, particularly an FBI agent. You walk in. I, I routinely was carrying like 30 cases. Um, that I was working at any given time. And sure. um, you got a hundred things going on and uh, I got enough going on with my own cases. And if they asked me to go help you with your search warrant, yeah. I'm not going back and, oh, no. Steve asked me to go, no. <laughs> uh, what's that all about? Who's this subject? Yeah. Oh, oh, wait a minute. That's, I think that's unconstitutional yeah. what Steve yeah. is, is doing. That, that's not reality. That's, that's not how no, it works. It and also, and, and by the way, um, even if they did, it, it's really not, we do not want, we do not want individual police officers. You know, your deputies that, you know, if you become sheriff, the deputies that work for you, you don't want a deputy that's doing legal research on every single case, on every single thing that you, you know, you would never get anything done. And really, it's not their place. It's really um, the place of people like you and I, that's, uh, you know, that's the correct. sheriff uh, and somebody like me. Because I can tell you this, if I get into the state Senate, we're, we're going to take a look at this case. We're going to look right. at this, and we're going to look at other cases. Right. I, like I mentioned before, I don't think that anybody should have been fired or laid off or not received pay during that period. And I'm going to take a look at it, and we will do investigations to that. But it, but that's where it's done. That is for yes. people, because f- folks, what happened to this business? This is a a, a bigger picture. It's a bigger picture picture issue that needs to be addressed. And right. but the the people that that do that. We're not on that scene that day. It's no. for people like us to go and, and take a look at it. And where there's injustice, we will work to correct that injustice. Okay? Yes. And um, that's, and that's just remedies, my thought on that. You know, there are. No, and, and there's remedies. People go, well, you know, we, we need, where's the justice going to be? Well, there are remedies that are available for anyone um, if they feel they've been wrong. There are civil uh, remedies. There are criminal remedies. There are things that you can do and people can do. Now, you know, we all know that, that lady justice, you know, does not move very quickly. 
Um, that just is where we are. But, you know, there are things that can be done and there are laws in place and rules and regulations in place that we just have to follow. Um, and, you know, it's you're cor- absolutely correct, Mike. Those are for things like uh, the state senator to get in and and make sure that those rules were followed. And if they weren't, hold people accountable for it. Yeah, and absolutely. I know for a fact that you would do that. You, you know, you, you're the perfect person to go and do that because of your background and your ability to be analytical and impartial and to take a look at something and to sit back and look at it and, and say, okay, this just doesn't make sense. No, this all looks political. And, you know, we're not to, we're not to make rules based on politics. Um, and so I think that's, you know, what you're saying is, is just good sound advice. And yeah, I because, uh, yeah, exactly. Bottom. And that's why, you know, when you look at my opponents in, in this run, uh, I have the background for this. I, I, I do. I've, I've been to many, I've written search warrants. I've executed search warrants. Right. You know, I know this system and I will be able to go in and look at a case like this and say, no, that, that, that stinks. This was not followed. Um, you know, you and I both are aware that the public right now, it, it, probably more than any other time in U.S. history, does not trust law enforcement, particularly federal law enforcement. Now, we're talking about state agencies here, but law enforcement Correct. in general. And I believe that we need to take action and do things at my level and your level to get the people to trust government again and trust our law enforcement agencies again because it's been lost and things like this um and we need to be transparent about it and uh for the current sheriff sheriff that's down there i will take a look at this i absolutely will take a look at this and the public will know what's and i'll tell you what if everything's on the up and up that will be disclosed and if it's not that will be disclosed as, as well but we need people in office like you and like me, that understand the processes. And they can't, you know, talk circles around us because we've been there, we've done it. Now, my opponents do not have that background, okay? They don't. No, no, they don't. And it, to me, I think, um, again, I, I, I hope the people within your district will just take a moment to, to look at backgrounds and take set politics aside. And I think... Um, in the 2023 election where you and I are going to be a part of and guys like Mike Allers and, and Matt Strickland himself, mm-hmm. but others, I, I think the the time is right where people are questioning the establishment and questioning yeah. yep. the status quo and saying, we, you know, the changes we need, we need people who can be analytical and sit back and, and help guide us through these um, times that we're going through. And I think um, people are so tired of one-sided politics, you know, and where someone says, well, it's, you know, uh, no matter what, your side is wrong and your side is wrong. Um, People are looking for somebody that can come in and help uh, negotiate us through these minefields that Mm -hmm. we're going through right now. And I think it's that people are looking for someone who, and they're vetting us right now saying, you know, are, are you just one-sided or are you able to find solutions? Yeah. Because people I'm, I'm talking to are looking for leaders who, who are solution oriented. Um, 
you know, these past elections, you know, when you look at elections and I, I had this conversation with, uh, someone's campaign manager or congressional candidates campaign manager. And they're saying, why do you suppose that this person lost or that person lost? I said, well, when you look as a voter, as a voter, I'm not, you know, I'm not even looking at it as someone running for office because again, I feel I'm in a unique position in running for a sheriff, which isn't a legislator, right? It's, um, you're running as a legislator. Mike Allers is running as a legislator and, and I wholeheartedly endorsed both of those campaigns. Um, but a sheriff is just a unique thing, but I feel that these, the, the reason a lot of, uh, people have lost in these last elections is they weren't solution oriented. They were just pointing out the bad things that, that we're in the bad areas that the country has or the bad things that the current status quo politicians are doing, you know, when, um, the, the status of, well, I'm against open board, you know, open borders, or I'm against this. Well, everybody is, what's your solution to it? How are you, you know, these people weren't explaining to the voting public, this is bad, but here's my solution. Here's how I think I can help negotiate between the parties to find the solutions. Yeah. So I think people were tired of just everything's bad. Well, let's, let's find ways of fixing it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like folks, we know, I think the problems are crystal clear. We know what the problems are. We know where we're at. We want to know how we're going to get out of here and what, how are we going to fix this? And, and again, I think for, for you and I, um, this is, it's transparency, it's leadership and folks, if you're happy, if you are happy with, uh, with the perceived government overreach right now, and you like businesses like Gormelts being, um, investigated in this way and having search warrants with really no explanation behind justification behind it or explanation. If that's your thing, then by, by all means status quo, because that's, that's what you got. (laughs) Do what you want. You do you. But if you don't want that and you want leadership and you want transparency and you want, you know, right now this nation, when you look at the mental health issues that are going on, the addiction issues, the suicide issues, all of these different issues, depression. And I did a, a, a program on this just last night. You go back and listen to it. If you're okay with that and you want this nation in our community, in Spotsylvania County, to stay in that condition, then by all means, status quo. If that status is not quo. what you want... And if you want to uh, make the community better, healthier, have trust in law enforcement, have mental wellness, and we're, we're, we're going to talk about that this next time, uh, addiction and mental health and how that relates to law enforcement, then by all means, then you need to get Steve Maxwell in office down there because something's not right. Something is not right. And the fact that the public hasn't gotten any answers, any answers to what, what happened or any of the other issues, that's not right either. And that needs to change. So, Steve, take us out on this episode, and uh, we're going to have you back, and we're going to talk about some other issues as well. Do you have anything, one, anything final to say in this episode? Well, I just appreciate the time, uh, Mike, that you uh, brought me out and in discussing these things. I think it's good to have open and frank discussions. You know, and 
you're you're the type of leader where you're not afraid to bring these things out. You know, mm. I think they need to be talked about. Um, people need to be uh, honest with their questions and and honest with their statements. You know, you and I have no problems answering one question or another, um, not based on politics. You know, you may not like my answer that I give you, but I'm going to give you one. I won't be like the current sheriff in place and just ignore it. <laughs> thinking, hoping it goes away, I'll give you an answer. Now, again, whether you like that answer, you know, then that'll be up to you come next November. Um, but, you know, for exactly what you said, if if you're looking to make things better, then you've got to do something different. Mm -hmm. You know, we both are facing people who have been in place for a long time. And when you're in an, an office for any length of time, I believe it's just human nature that you're going to become complacent and complacency in office, complacency in law enforcement. There is no place for that. No, not at all. Yeah. And they're also, I, I know my opponents are very quick to point out what's wrong with the communities and what's wrong with people. They're very good at, at pitting right. groups of people against one another. And the year of the problem, they're the problem. And um, frankly, I'm just not interested in that. Uh, we know what the problems are. No. And and I want to talk about solutions. And that's that's what we're going to do. And, uh, you, you know, and, and Steve, you, you just have the perfect background for this, this office. And I hope that the voters down there understand that. that this is, uh, folks, we've got to change. We've got to turn the ship around. And it begins... At this level, and the sheriff, the office of the sheriff is a very, very powerful position, and we need to have people that are as open as you are. And I've seen you; I've I've seen you at at rallies, and and you do this um, town hall, this online town hall every month, and I, I'm I'm very impressed with that because it just shows the level of access that the public um, has with you, and that's without even being in office. And I, you know, having the resources of the office of sheriff, I I can imagine. Um, you know, you're just going to take that to another level. And that's, we need that. We need, we just don't see that in our no, government no. anymore at yeah. any level. Yeah. And, 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 and that's so important to me. I, I've grown up believing that I, I had a family background that was, uh, that believed in that I served a sheriff who, when I was, who my very first tour in law enforcement, that sheriff introduced me to that level of transparency and integrity and i've never forgotten that he was a good man and a good sheriff and he served his his county uh for four terms and he was a great sheriff and i i'll never forget those lessons that i learned early on in my career and i've carried them throughout my career and that's one of the things i think that you and i the reason you and i hit it off because i saw that in you as well and i think the the people in Virginia are going to be better off uh, when you win your election as well, Mike. And, and I just, again, thank you for your time. Um, I hope that the listeners really think and pay attention uh, what is said. It's not just the words that are said, but the meaning behind them. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, people need to really pay attention to that, I believe. And I think they are. I think people are paying more attention not just to words, but the meaning behind those words more and more. So um, I'm excited for this coming year. I'm excited for you and I and Mike Allers and, uh, and the others that are running. And, and uh, 
I hope to see your listeners. And anytime any of your listeners see it, see me out in public or, or maybe be at an event, I always welcome someone to ask me a question, no matter um, how difficult the question is. It's always hard to ask a public figure a question <laughs> anyway, so I respect yeah. that, you know. Well, so. but you know what? Unlike some people, we don't shy away from those difficult questions. No, sir. So, I don't know. No, sir. <laughs> no, sir. That's why we're there. Hey, so, real quick, right. uh, let the listeners know yeah. how they can get hold of you uh, and your social media. And, and if somebody wants to reach out to you, how do they do it? Absolutely. I appreciate that. They can go to smaxwellforsheriff.com. That's smaxwellforsheriff.com. Uh, they can reach me on my Facebook at um, Elect Maxwell Sheriff on my Facebook. I I accept everyone. I don't block people because, again, I, I'll have people asking me questions, but I, you know, I want to answer all the questions. So anyway, uh, those are the areas to do. Uh, please get on there uh, to sheriff.com and volunteer. Now, you know, campaigns run on money. We, we, you know, I hate to say it, but we do. So yeah, that's the worst part of this this business, and and I, I have to tell you, and I know yeah. you feel the same way because we've talked about it, uh, folks. Right. And neither neither Steve or <laughs> I uh, want to ask for money. I hate. It. I, I despise no. asking for it, but it's the reality. The reality yes. is that if you want to see any one of us in office, it takes a lot of money. It, it yes. just does. And you know what? Here's the thing: uh, you don't have to give it a lot. You can if. You know, give whatever you can. If it's five dollars, if it's ten dollars, yeah. do it. Yeah. Uh, you know that that you're contributing, and uh, it, believe it or not, you know five or ten dollars, we can do a lot with that. And and people like us are are trying to do more with less. But that, folks, that just is the sad reality. We do need your support, and so reach out and support Steve where you can. And thank you very much. So, Steve, thank you very much for coming on the show again. This is your one stop shop for everything having to do with liberty, freedom, the Constitution, and frankly, just the that you ought to live your life. And guys, thanks again for listening. Thank you, Steve Maxwell, for coming on the show. And we will be talking with all of you soon. Take care.